The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Come to the end of Matt's Black. It's not coming back. You better purchase that shit. <laughs> it's going away. Why haven't you bought it yet? Dang. Yeah. I don't recognize the song at first. Boys to Men, isn't it? I let yeah. It, I let, oh, was it? Boys to Men. I Boys to Men. ABC, BBD. <laughs> it was To the End of the Road. I, oh, yeah. 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 It is the end of the road. Yeah, yeah. It's the it, final. It is the end of the road, everybody. This is like the every, final day. This is yeah. the last day. The final, final day. It's the last. <laughs> the final, final day. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did that one time. We've cheesed it out to death. In other words, uh, after today, the new program, Maps Aesthetic, goes up in price. So today's your final day to get it for as little as $44 yeah. at mindpumpmedia.com. Uh, we throw in a free t-shirt. So if you get the program, you get a free t-shirt. Then you get 50% off any guide Our or apparel. Guides. Yeah. Guides. We How have awesome the, is that? We have the occlusion guide. We have the intermittent fasting guide. And we have the nutrition survival guide. All available. Oh, and the intermittent fasting guide. Did I say that already? You did. Yeah, you totally I did. did. Well, Plus I said it all, twice. Say it again. I said it twice because yeah. it's fifty percent off. It's Plus it. all the cool shirts. Can I just say, you know what the number? What you guys? I know you guys don't track any of this stuff. Do you know what the number one <laughs> shirt we sell is right now? Is it red? Is it red? Um, it is the it, ma- uh, mind pump black one. No, no, it's red. It's the fucking wife beater that Sal wears. The red Shut one. Up. Yes. Yeah. The wife beater? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. He's got his fanboys. Because out there. it's it's because it's classic. It's classy. It's Italian. It's uh, Italian. <laughs> I made it with my own. Next program, hands. we gotta have like some kind of medallion. Yeah. So, go, like, crazy. So listen, the final date. Don't forget, Maps Aesthetic is the program that's specifically designed to change the way you look. It's broken up into three phases. It has you in the gym up to five days a week with focus sessions and foundational workouts. It's the most one of the most uh moldable maps programs we've ever offered. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely the most popular. This one is flying off the shelves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are waiting for this one, begging for it. Last day. Get on there. Don't be lazy. Mindpumpmedia.com. You can start for as little as $44. Yep. Get on it. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Let's get rolling, rolling, rolling. So, uh, fire the mics up. Okay, but here- Fire them up. They're fired. What do they sound like when they fire up? Right now. Fire them up. I um can I just say something? Maybe. This place is going fucking downhill. Whoa. This place is going downhill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we can't even take a shit. For, we can't Thursday. How okay? dare you take away we're, my rights as a human being? We're recording on a Monday and we might even air this today, right, Doug? Since we don't edit a goddamn thing. Uh I Thursday. So that's last week. That's a, quite a few days ago. All bathrooms out of order. <laughs> so we all had to freaking hold ourselves. Yeah. Uh it, not literally, but you know hey, what I mean. You were pinching mine. I was pinching yeah. Adams. It was I a come train. in. I come in today. I look down the hall, and guess what's out of order? Both bathrooms. Shame. Both mm, bathrooms. And shame. It, and here's the problem. At least one of us. Every time I keep track of this, I keep track of what happens. 
every time. <laughs> in his little journal. At least like, one of us has to take a shit. diary, today, exactly. no bathroom access. Yes. Yeah. No, every, at least one of us has to take a shit at some point during our work that we do. What are you going to do? There's no bathroom now, Adam. Uh, well, lucky for me, I'm What about not, you, Doug? You, you hold take, it like a man. You yeah. take a poop? I can count on one hand how many times I'm I've okay, had I'm okay, I'm okay. You're all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Doug and I went to the bathroom before we got here. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. He called me and said, they hey, did the smart the thing. went to Starbucks. Out of order, Adam. Make sure you stop and get, go to the restroom. I said, gotcha, Doug. Thanks did you? for looking out. Okay. Mm. The, the guy with the smallest bladder. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. We'll see who starts squirming. I'll, I'll mm. pee in the goddamn sink, bro. Don't mm. trip. I'll Don't, pee, in the, I'll pee yeah. in the sink. You do that anyway. I do. I do. Absolutely. It's all mm. drained. It all goes to the same place. It all goes to the same place. <laughs> Whatever. We we'll go in the back. The alley back there is not that many people back Gives there. clean skin. Yeah, yeah. Wash it. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you got there? Uh, I got some gifts for you guys. Why? This is for Ooh, you, Justin. This Sweet. one's for Justin. That's for Justin. Oh, Just, it's heavy, Justin. It is heavy, right? That's for Justin. <laughs> Which one's mine? This is for Sal. Yes, it's got like heavy metal uh, font on it. I like it. Yeah, I want to open my gift from Adam. It's not You're so me. nice, Adam. It's not for me. Oh, it's not. This it is from our boys at Blown Gear. Oh, yeah. Nice. They sent us some awesome apparel. Can I just tell you guys something right now? You know what? This is the type of people I like Blown. to do. These are the type of people I like to do business with. The ones that give you stuff? Random gifts out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. So you know thought, what? So thoughtful. I will say this. Their shirts, and I'm not just saying this because they gave me a bunch of free stuff. I'm sure that influenced me a little bit, but I'm going to be honest. With you. <laughs> the 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 shirts that they make uh, fit really nice, um, and they're really really good material, soft. What well, is that? Is that like a blend? It's a what tri blend. That? It's the reason why. Do you know anything about what we have? He doesn't huh? know, dude. Bro, I'm setting you That's up to talk to about it. it. What is? What is <laughs> it's a, I know what a tri blend. I'm trying to set you up oh, on the oh, show oh, oh. so you can talk just, about. Oh, that wasn't you just whoops. being an idiot. No. Oh. You're job. not following the cues. You're horrible. Yeah. Adam, horrible oh, T.O. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you were playing dumb right there. Yeah. I thought you were just being dumb. I'm never dumb, so yeah. if I, I like sound dumb, need an I'm assistant playing. with a cue card over here, like, hey. Yeah, that's why we that's why we use them for all of our shirts. They have the best shirts out there, for sure. Try blend. That's why they're super soft. They're yeah. very soft. I love yeah. soft shirts. They're comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know why. They have why, the same feeling as... Why does anywhere sell hard, stiff shirts? I hate stiff shirts. Yeah. Does anybody mm. like that? Why do they dry, even exist? Still? Ones. All shirts should be either dry or tri blend or polyester. Yeah. Because there's people that cotton is out of just style. Just want to turn a dollar on you. you know yeah. What I, mean? I want mine cheap. to feel like it's made out of unicorn fur. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> like yeah. imagine what unicorn unicorn fur. pubes. They're yeah. soft. I, from what I've read. I think blown yeah. actually has that unicorn mm. pubes. I do. Do they really? I think unicorn fur. I'm not sure they do. I don't think they go that far. No, it's inhumane to collect the well, pubes of a unicorn because they so. can't live without it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just accessorizing, really. Did you see the uh, inbox where uh, Isaac sent over to us? He sent us the packages were coming, and I told him that yours and Doug's, he didn't need to waste the big box. <laughs> I said, why did you put the? Why did you put their shirts and stuff in a big box? They'll just use a little sandwich bag. They don't need a big old yeah, box. Yeah, I don't wear big shirts <laughs> at all. Did you you want to talk about uh, someone who's, doesn't, who's not huge but stronger than you? Have you seen... <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, exactly did you see that guy I tagged you on Instagram? I don't follow anybody that's stronger than me. I know. <laughs> I don't know why I, you do it. Like, look at this guy so much stronger than everybody. I make a point to unfollow again. those people. No, yeah. Justin, you would be impressed. Because okay. first of all, this guy, he's not huge. He's muscular-ish, but he's not huge. He's like a collegiate sprinter or Olympic lifter. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. This guy's ripping like 630 you know, deadlifts, uh, deficit deadlifts. Damn. He's doing squats with like 550, 600 pounds. And, he's, and these are high bar Olympic squats where he's like up and down, up and down. Yeah. And then they show him sprinting and then dunking a basketball. He's oh, a, he's the one you tagged us on that he was doing the uh, uh, 
press behind the, the neck. Behind the neck. Off his traps. Yeah. And I don't know, it was like 300 pounds. Bam! Yeah. yeah, it was like 315. That impresses the hell out of me. Yeah, that was, that was legit. It impresses the hell out of me. So I have a, you know, he's got a fan yeah. in me. <laughs> you know, have you know, have you guys noticed too that like on our, our forum right now is getting way too many strong guys? Yeah, I don't There's actually it. a few of them that are stronger than we I are. like it and I don't like it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. start kicking yeah. them off, I think. I yeah. like I think maybe we should stop working and just work on getting stronger. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. What do you on. guys think? Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe we're a little overloaded. You're with not work. A, yeah. Here's the rules. Maybe if we'll you, get as strong as our forum guys. Here's the rules. If you're on the forum, uh, you're not allowed to squat more than Justin, deadlift more than me, or be handsomer than Adam. If you if you reach <laughs> those any the of standards. those if you reach any of those, you're kicked off. If you reach all of those, yeah. then you've broken the laws of physics because you're, you're <laughs> chupacabra and we uh, have to deal with you. Chupacabra. Yeah. Hey, you know what's kind of cool? What? I heard you on a podcast. Uh, yeah. I heard you on hey. Smart Drug Smart. Dude, our, our boy killed it, dude. Dude, so can I say something? You sounded uh, so much you know, smarter I, on there than you do here. I'll, I'll tell you what, dude. I match my, my Zero, <laughs> like he had no ticks. Like, not, like, I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. And then I realized that's the whole podcast was like, <laughs> everything was just like like lightning fast. Well, so smart- You had to be very intelligent to actually to listen to that episode, I feel Well, like. here's the thing. Smart Drug Smarts is, I've plugged them before. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, it is a very smart um, podcast, but they present information in a, in a entertaining way. Um, lots of great information. They cover subjects that are a little bit edgy. Like they'll do a whole episode on microdosing LSD. Or mushrooms, or they'll talk about the, the the cognitive benefits of cannabidiol, which is a compound of marijuana, and then they cover lots of other things that I find extremely interesting. So it's not dry and boring. It's quite no, no, no. I love Jesse. It's awesome. No, it was yeah, it was it very really really cool. To listen to. And uh, for me, it was an honor to be on it because I've been listening to them for probably about a year. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, yeah, I do go off on it a little bit, but I you know I know the audience uh, of that show. Every guest he has. I was actually kind of nervous because every guest he has is like a top scientist mm-hmm. or some like lead, you know, world leading researcher or some, you know, doctor. And then, you know, here, personal trainer, Sal Stefano I was about to talk about, <laughs> you know, the cognitive benefits of exercise. So it's only the title. I know, like the personal trainer title. I wish we could beef that up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it I, makes me, I don't know. I like, I like it. No, yeah. it's, it's like, good though because you come off just boom. Yeah. We all like, be, we all like being the underdog yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. I'd right. rather you assume I'm an idiot than me impress you than the opposite. You think I'm really intelligent. That's true. <laughs> Under-deliver. Well, I think the, for the audience, if the, if you guys want to listen to it, you can find it. Smart Drug Smarts is their last podcast. It's the one on cognition and exercise, or the effects of exercise on cognition. So I talk about how exercise can make you smarter. Highly recommend for all intellects. Uh, if you're dumb dumb, you probably don't want to listen to this. Yeah. So all dumb dumbs, <laughs> you like all my out. dick jokes and stuff. Yeah, don't bother. <laughs> I, I think I said one bad word the whole time. Yeah, you cussed. One, I think I said shit. Oh, you shit. did. That's yeah, right. Yeah, once or yeah, twice you did. You I said poop right. or something no, like that. No, you didn't. You cussed yeah, on that. I said shit. Was, yes. Yeah. That's no, about it. It was fire. It was like, yeah. yeah. It was fire. So, what, so, um, so what's going on? I know you had a topic that you wanted. You were not going to tell me until we turned to Oh, you, I thought you were going to go. You want to go? You want me to go? Why don't you go, buddy? Um, the reason why I wanted to talk Let's about- go. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about uh, synergistic dominance. Mm. And, uh, in a sexual way, or are you talking about yeah, exercise? Related? Say, <laughs> yeah. Do I have a safe word, please? Yeah, yes. Uh, uh, leather straps. And no, this is uh, actually something that I get asked a lot. Obviously, somebody doesn't walk up to me and, and ask me to explain synergistic dominance. This is what, the, what it means. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times, and this is very, very common with people, that, and I was just talking to a female. 
And she says, you know, Adam, I've been really trying to work my butt more and more. And I was using the tips that you gave me this and that. She goes, but <clears throat> I just feel like my quads are developing like crazy. And, and I just I want the butt to go. And I'm not getting any any butt, all quads, all, all, all quads, no butt. And, and I don't understand what's going on. And of course, I don't have very much time in these classes to explain, you know, synergistic dominance. So I thought, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. I think it's a great topic. I think uh, a lot of people don't understand <clears throat> exactly what it is. Um, and really what, what, what it is, is what is your body is now prior prioritizing other muscles to carry the load. So for example, uh, somebody who, uh, is having a hard time feeling their, their glutes when they're doing their squats and they're feeling all in their quads or quads are going to be That's because they've trained their body neurologically to, to carry most of the load from their quads. Their quads is, are firing and the glutes are not firing properly. Uh, so the the quads would be you know synergistically dominant in this situation, carrying most of the load. And when you are trying to get someone to do that, this is where you want to uh, to teach them to fire the glutes properly. Yeah, it's a, it's a recruitment pattern. Now, now, a synergist is a muscle that helps mm-hmm. a prime mover. You find this is more common in uh, so you see muscle imbalances with synergistic dominance in everybody who doesn't work out. You you have them do a row, you have them do a press, uh, you know, a squat. You're going to see muscles fire the way that they shouldn't. However, this is also common in people who exercise a lot. It's more common with those people in muscle in in exercises that may have two prime movers that are very closely related, like the squat. Mm-hmm. A, the quadricep can be considered a prime mover yeah. in the in the barbell squat. However, uh, for a lot of people, um, and well, we know this as well with the barbell squat, you're better off having a dom- dominant hips than you are dominant quads. With barbell squats, dominant and strong hips in a barbell squat. Number one, you'll be able to move more weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's safer for the knees. Safer for the knees, yeah. It's uh, it's just a better way to squat. Yeah. And so you have to if you if you find yourself with some type of synergistic dominance with a muscle that is doing more of the work than the one you're trying to really you know get to work. If you don't address that issue and you just continue to do the exercise, even if you add weight, go lighter. Do whatever you want with the exercise. It's not going to change. You have to actually focus on changing the recruitment pattern. Well, and sometimes in in cases like this, also it's it's due to uh, an imbalance going into it. You know, if you're somebody who sits at a desk a lot, you sit in a car a lot. You know, we've talked a little. We talked a little bit about the anterior pelvic tilt. I thought not too mm-hmm. long ago, and this is what's happened to someone like that. And so, basically, uh, you've put the ass to sleep. You know, you've put the ass to sleep. <laughs> And every, I do that all the time. And and, and, the, and neurologically, all the other that muscles are having sleep, to, to take over. And then you go under and you decide, hey, I'm going to do some heavy weight because I was told that, you know, I heard on Mind Pump, you know, if I want to grow a butt, I need to do squats and go heavy. But the problem is you still haven't fixed the, the original issue, which is teaching those muscles to fire correctly. Now, this is what I what why I wanted to talk about this is because. We talk a lot of shit about glute kicks and floor bridges and, you know, all these little, you know, jazzercise type exercises (laughs) for like the butt that women love to do. This is not a great way to build the ass whatsoever. Is it though? It is a very good way to teach the the glutes now to fire. Absolutely. That's what they're for. Yeah. Teaching exercises. So, yeah, like you said, like it's a neurological thing. Like you're focused on trying to build that connectivity again. And uh, it's a great way to to use that almost like an accessory, uh, you know, on specific days where, um, you know, you got your major lifts in and now we're we're trying to focus on like amplifying that signal, trying to get it reestablished again. And um, yeah, because you're otherwise 
it, you go back to do squats and nothing's going to change. Right. You're just going to keep, yeah, the same pattern is going to stay there. And another thing too that I like to teach clients is I also uh, teach them the action of the muscle and I put it in layman's terms so they can understand what that muscle is doing so that when they're doing the exercise, they know what part of the movement they should focus on. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me give you an example. Sticking with the squat, the glutes uh, extend are, are hip-extending muscles. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, if you imagine right now, you're looking at someone squatting from a side view. So you're looking at the side of them, and they go down into a deep squat. What the glutes are doing is it's pulling the top of the leg, the femur, the thigh, back towards the back of their body. It's hip extension. That's what the glutes do. Now, what the quadriceps do is they extend at the knee. They make the the knee go straight. Mm -hmm. So you can see now how those two movements contribute to a squat. Mm -hmm. Well, if if you're in your mind, you understand what the glutes are doing, which is hip extension, which is bringing that leg back to stand you up, then you know when you're in your squat to focus on that movement. So now when I'm squatting, rather than just coming up, I'm focusing on bringing those legs back and I'm getting hip extension. And a lot of times, visualizing, visualizing what the muscle does yeah. will help quite a bit. And visualization is extremely important when it comes to neuromuscular connection. This is why uh, many times when someone's doing an exercise, in particular a back exercise, me simply touching the area I want them to focus on, now they can visualize where they need to feed it, uh, feel it, boom, muscle will start to fire. Well, and I think that there's two. There's a lot of ways that you can sort of think about that process and, and think about like the subtle cues and, and different techniques that you can apply. Like, for instance, I could, you know, focus a little bit more on being very heavy loaded in my heel. Uh, that being when I'm hinging my hips back, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to really try and focus on uh, getting that connectivity in my posterior chain. So I feel everything like lighting up in the back of my legs uh, and then shifting and transferring that weight, you know, through my foot. Uh, a little bit more into the midfoot on the way up into extension. So uh, these are just different ways that you can visualize it uh, as opposed to just, um, you know, going through like corrective exercises. One of my favorite exercises to get people to feel the glute besides the small isolation movements is a st- is your typical backstep lunge. Um, the reason why a backstep lunge tends to get people to feel their glutes fire when they have issues with glutes firing versus a either forward step lunge or just a stationary lunge is because when you back step into the lunge and you go down, you have to step forward to bring your feet back together. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, uh, that's focusing on the hip extension mm-hmm. rather than just coming straight up. The other thing that I'll do is I'll have someone combine a back step lunge with a toe touch. So what they'll do is they'll go back into a back step lunge step forward, step up and forward, but without putting their foot on the floor, they're balancing now on that foot that was forward. Then they go down to a toe touch, come all the way up and then back step again. And it's just all glue, all glue, all mm-hmm. glue. And mm-hmm. they start to feel the glutes actually start to fire. And so what I'll do a lot of times with clients who have issues firing uh, their glutes is I don't even squat with them until um, I get good at other things like the back step lunge, the toe touches, you know, hip bridges is another Another great exercise right. until they can get an idea of what their glutes are doing. Then we go back to squats and it's like, boom, there it is. Yep. Now, would fun. you? <clears throat> what's your guys' recommendation as far as, um, let's say you're there, this is someone's listening, they're following our maths program, and they're, they're one of these people. I'm having a hard time firing my glutes. I'm not feeling it in my squats like I should. I'm following you guys' program really well, but this it sounds like this is my issue. 
Um, would it be something that you would maybe incorporate into their trigger days uh, as like a, as a primary exercise that they would be doing like these type of movements? What would- you know, two things. So um, the, the red maps, maps anabolic has trigger sessions mm-hmm. and then black maps, maps aesthetic has focus sessions. Um, and then you have the yeah, green have maps with sessions, your mobility right. sessions. Now, those three things are focused on different things. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me explain. The trigger sessions really are designed to create a systemic anabolic response in the body. That's why you do them frequently throughout the day. You're not really targeting a muscle with tons of intensity, but what you are doing is you're sending this muscle building signal whole body. Now, a focus session is specifically targeted on a particular muscle, in which case I could totally see using a focus session for that particular muscle. Mobility session would also, I think, would be good too because if the reason why I'm not firing my glutes or whatever is because of poor mobility, mm-hmm. well, now if I do hip mobility movements, it makes a, a huge difference. But I'll take it a step further. I would say modifying your foundational workouts so, you know, with the MAPS programs, there's typically three foundational workouts, two or three foundational workouts a day. I would say rather than doing your barbell squat, maybe do hip thrust, back step lunge, toe touch first, mm-hmm. then go to your squat, go light and see if you can still, you know, feel the glutes. Um, and, and if you have, here's the other thing too, if you're a forum member, you know, you can just ask on the forum and we'll, we'll help you modify. But I would say definitely prioritize it in your regular workouts. Even if you do a body part split, mm-hmm. prioritize that muscle, see if you can feel it first, then go. Yeah, or go lighter as well, too, to, to yeah. go through the full range of motion and, and rep and really try to feel that connectivity and reestablish it. So you could also do that with, you know, some of those corrective exercises Sal was mentioning, you know, as like a pre-exhaust or just to get that get that to fire, that sequencing effect. So Well, the crazy part is it's kind of opposite of what you see. You see most what right now, you know, they go do their squat or their leg press or their hack squat machine or whatever they do. And they do their heavy weight and then the girls go over and they do like their finishing exercises for their butts. And what we're trying to explain is that those type of movements, the the idea and the purpose behind it is is more neurological than anything else. And that mm-hmm. would be more beneficial in the beginning to start with those type of movements to really Great try and point. fire mm-hmm. those butts mm-hmm. and they get it. But it's the opposite of what you see. So. You know, that that's something that uh, hopefully that helps out some people that are listening right now, because I feel like it's a common question. I get it. I get asked a lot, um, especially with butt. You know? I do. Yeah. I, I would it say applies to many other things, but not. Yeah, right. I'd see the most common uh, one you see is, like you said, quad dominance in a squat. Um, the other one that I see a lot is lat dominance in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that quite a bit. So I'll see people rowing. Or bicep. Well, um, bicep is another one. You know what's funny? Trapezius stabilizing. Yeah, yeah. So years ago, uh, there was a gentleman. This is a long time ago. He was a member of one of the gyms that I managed. And he was a competitive arm wrestler. And he would do pull-ups all the time. Arm wrestlers love doing pull-ups. But if you saw him do a pull-up, I had never seen this before. Uh, and I've never seen it since. I've never seen someone so bicep dominant with a pull-up. It was like, it was, I mean, he was all arms the way he was pulling himself up. Huh. But what a fantastic example of synergistic dominance. Right. You know? Yeah, that's just, that's completely, you know, an accessory to, to the major muscle group. There. Yeah, the that, bicep yeah. plays a, uh, like a supporting role in every compound movement that has to do with back. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not the primary Any role. Any pulling movement in general. No. I would say that's uh, the lat dominance one is super, super common. What do you guys do for that when you guys see that where people's lats are just... You know, firing too hard. You- well, a lot of times it's because it's a, this one's cause of a deviation. They have a major protracted shoulder girdle, so their their t- their chest and their deltoids are so mm-hmm. tight, it's rounding the scapula forward. So then, when you right. ask them to try and retract the scapula, 
it just don't Attraction even. Attraction and full depression. They yeah, can't even get there. Yeah, they so can't it's even. It's hard get, to even contract it. Exactly. Yeah. So they can't really. And then, so if they if they are in that position, you got to open them up. So open them up with some shoulder mobility. Open them up with stretching their chest out. Kind of open up that right. whole that whole area. You know, and then from there, then you're taking a really light weight on that seated row, and you're just trying to teach to pull and yeah. squeeze, and they're going to do holes. Well, it's really yeah, it's that range of motion, it's that shoulder mobility in general. If I can't even bring my arm like above my head, I'm not going to be able to really get that pulling, uh, you know, full full stretch and, and full pull, you know, and contraction to the lats. So it's like. That's the first thing I want to address is is getting my arm into to a good position. Like That's that. a big one, uh, what you just said, because people who tend to be lat dominant also tend to have issues with uh, full extension of their arm mm-hmm. above their head. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll see them do a shoulder press, and you can clearly see them leaning back and kind of pressing to the front of their body. Yep. What's funny is that I uh, my presses are so much better after meeting Justin uh, because he's so big on shoulder mobility, and it was something that I didn't really even – think about for myself because I you know it wasn't like I had major super major issues but I realized that I didn't press straight up above my head and then when you look at Olympic lifters mm-hmm. you can see how um, like the perfect line that they create and that's what allows them to support so much weight above their head when they do their their heavy heavy yeah, lifts. Yeah, it's just really good levers. It's really good mechanics and uh that's the perfect example is these Olympic lifters to aspire to that um that form because that's that's so key for them to be able to uh, progress. Like if, if, if anything, if they perfect their technique, then, you know, the rest of it is just work to, to really accumulate, you know, the volume and the frequency of, of applying it to get to that level. But really like, that's the first thing is really to get that technique and mechanics down pat. Well, you, we talked about this not too long on a podcast about, I still, to this day, even as much as I've squatted, as much as I've deadlifted, if I fail ever, I always feel like it's mechanical. I, yeah. I, I rarely ever feel like, oh, that was just too much weight because I never progressed. I know better. Like I don't, you know, if I have if four hundred five is a lot of weight for me, I don't put five hundred pounds on the yeah. bar and think I'm going to try and PR. That's just silly. So if I try a little bit more and I fail, it rarely feels like, oh, my muscles just didn't have enough to get in. It's like something broke down mechanically, mm-hmm. and then then I failed, and then I then I bailed or whatever. Any compound movement like that, especially powerlifting type stuff, yeah. I mean, it's it takes a lot of technical form to. to move some well i think too that's that's what's opened my eyes a little bit more with like the transfer of weight between my feet um like plays such a big role explain that so just it it plays such a big role in how i how i lift um i notice a forward or or uh you know depending on how i'm loading maybe to the side or a little bit the 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 barbell itself will, will move with the way that i'm loading my feet so um, so just I, where you place your body weight is that what you mean? Yeah, for, exactly. So I know that I'm going to be off because I'm a little too much in my you know forefoot, and I'm and I'm going into the left, and so now my momentum is definitely carrying me a bit forward. So well, you gave there's a, like a happy medium there. You gave a very good example of that with the the hanging clean that you that you. Uh, uh-huh. That you demonstrated on there. I've never seen somebody teach a hanging clean like that before, where he uses his hips to to thrust for. He rocks back on his heels, then rocks forward on his. T- and you can see how much focus you're putting on the feet. 
Yeah. You know, you the average person, they see it hanging clean and you're looking at the barbell, you're looking at the person's arms and how they're pulling up. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's I, I was watching your feet and ever, all your work is starting from there. Yeah. And your hips hip, hinging back on your hips, rocking back on those heels, and then you rocking forward on the, on the toes. And then, and then when you get good, you don't have to, you know, you're not picking your heels up. You're not really making it like you're exaggerating it. Right. So yeah. sometimes I'll start by exaggerating it just so I can get right. That, right. Yeah. Which I could tell you were mode. doing that. Uh huh. But like, like, yeah, my feet will be flat, but it's really it's that transfer of weight uh, really makes a difference for me. And I notice it. Uh, my line gets a lot straighter as a result when I perfect that. So, you know what? That's uh, great points you guys are bringing up, because when you look at the world's strongest people in particular lifts, uh, a they are very strong. They have very strong muscle. But B, they've protected they excuse me, perfected the biomechanics of the movement. And many times their bodies are also built to do very well in a particular movement. Like, you ever watch videos of Tom Platts? You guys know who Tom Platts was. Mm-hmm. Tom Platts was uh, kind of a bodybuilding icon of the 70s and 80s. Um, well well known for his incredible leg development. It totally overshadowed his upper body. But uh, he was also known for his feats of, squ- uh, of strength with squats. Like, I believe he did, uh, you know, he would squat like 135 and he'd do it for like a half hour. Or he did 500 pounds, I don't know, like, 20 reps or something ridiculous like that. It's just tremendous feats of strength with the squat. But if you look at him and his biomechanics, it's like it, it doesn't get any more perfect mm-hmm. than the way he looks with his squat. And so forget about, okay, fine. You, you feel like your muscles are developing fine. You don't feel like you need to worry about synergistic dominance. You still want to perfect uh, the way you want your muscles to fire because you're going to be able to lift more weight. And not only are you going to be able to lift more weight, but you're going to be able to lift more weight safely. Right. And some of the best lifters in the world, the best squatters, the best deadlifters, tend to be able to squat and deadlift into their old age. Whereas if you got people with poor kind of muscle recruitment patterns, maybe they have a good squat, but they never work on it. Too, you know, their, their recruitment patterns, they don't really Great, fix them. great You know, when they're point. 50 years old, 40, 50 years old, all you hear are stories about, I yes. used to be able to squat and I can't so squat true. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people I know that are in their, their 50 plus and don't squat, don't deadlift because they're afraid to or their doctors told them not to because they got these issues going on and they talk about all the how they used to squat. I guarantee if I had a video of them squatting when they were in their 20s and 30s, it wasn't beautiful form by no means. No. You know? And that's that, a, a lot of people when they think squat, I think that's why I like to talk about the squat because you know, it is a primary hip hingement type of movement. And you think squatting, you think up and down. People think squatting up and down. It's really mm-hmm. the sliding of your hips, right. sliding of your hips back and forward. It's just like compressing your, your vertical body down. Yes. Yeah. And, and a lot of people drop down into a squat like that, unless you've got these great genetics of where it just, it works well for you. The average person doesn't, it shouldn't squat that way. You know, it sh- more focus should be on the sliding of your hips. Uh, forward and back versus you dropping straight down and you know these guys that end up having these all these knee issues and they say oh i i've got bad knees because i used to squat really heavy weight like well no you don't have bad knees because you squatted really heavy weight yeah, that's because you squatted bad right? yeah, yeah you squatted poorly yeah if, if your knee is tracking back and forth while you're squatting the whole time then it isn't just it isn't just being a hip, a hip or isn't just being a hinge anymore and now you're putting strain on it mm-hmm. it's just like somebody who opens a door if you were to every time you open the door to your house 
house, if you actually hung on the door while you opened it, you, the door would still open, mm-hmm. and it would probably still open probably 100 to maybe 200 times for you, but eventually you're going to bend the shit out of those hinges, and sooner or later it's going to be the door's going to be grinding on the floor, and you won't be able to close the door anymore, and it's going to be in all this, it's going to be an issue. Right, and I mean, if you're, if you're looking to have longevity with uh, resistance training, um, and if you're looking to be able to lift heavy, um, and not just lift heavy now, but lift heavy even five years from now. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have good biomechanics, if you don't have good function, I don't care how strong you are, you keep pushing it, and five years from now, you're fucked. That's it. It's a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Within five to ten years, something will end up preventing you from being able to lift what you could lift before, and uh, it, you know, some type of injury or chronic pain. So it's something you should constantly focus on. You should constantly focus on how I'm feeling the movement, does it feel natural, how are my biomechanics, where am I tight, where am I loose, constantly focus on that. And I look, I fall for it myself. I've been working out for a long time. And there's days where I'm like, I should be working on perfecting my squat mobility, but I don't want to not squat real heavy today. Or you know what I mean? I know I'm going to go for a PR instead. And I fall victim to that myself. Um, but you're so much wiser if you don't do that. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to progress faster anyway. And every time I check myself, I'm always so happy. I'll check myself and say, okay, today I'm not going to go heavy, even though I feel like I'm strong. I know my form is a little off. I'm going to perfect my form. I'm going to sit at the bottom of the squat, or I'm going to do a box squat, or I'm going to do this type of a deadlift or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I practice for two, three, four weeks. I go back to my lift and boom, I'm stronger almost every single And I feel better in the lift. And of course, if you're moving better, you're stronger, biomechanics are better, what do you think's going to happen to the way your body looks? You know, yeah. what do you think's going to happen to your, you know, uh, your aesthetics, uh, your muscle development? You know, we've talked about this in the past, but you can typically you you can see those people in the gym who are well developed, muscular, but they just don't move well. You can tell like something's not mm-hmm. right. They just they don't look like the pieces are put together harmoniously. It looks like this kind of hodgepodge of muscular body parts, and then they're walking and moving like I see this at Golds all the time. What is it with the slow gorilla walk at the at, at the? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In between sets, everybody seems to have this really slow swing my arms, protracted shoulder girdle type yeah. of walk. And I don't know it's if it's because they're just living on chest day, bro. I don't know if it's that or what if they watch other dudes like they see like big oh, yeah, dudes like and like, the oh, thing that's the do. thing to do. I'm going to walk. <laughs> Drag your knuckles on the ground. Yeah, I'm going to walk real slow and yeah. swing my arms. Like- Which is what I think. <laughs> I think it's also it's uh, why some people don't like that look. You know, oh, he looks, he looks too big. He looks, I think somebody who has got great posture, like, you you I don't know if you can yeah. look too big when you have good posture. No. When someone looks too gr- oddly big, it's because they're all rounded and they look they look like a meatball. You know, because <laughs> yeah. their shoulders are all protracted. <laughs> they walk like a gorilla. Their hands are all rotated. Right, they look silly. That's why they. I mean, just cause, but maybe to a young boy, he sees his biceps and his biceps are huge, so it looks impressive. Yeah. But. I mean, the trainer and me, I look at a physique right away and, and how they walk and move around. It's That's what's impressive to me. I, I will say this, though. I, I, this is a funny story. So back in the day, I used to allow myself to bulk up, which is code word for I'd get fatter. And I'd try and get as big as possible. Here's the thing. On my body, uh, of all my muscles, okay, my legs, my thighs – just they just I can make them grow whenever I want. They just blow up. And so when I'm trying to gain, you know, if I'm trying to get up to 225 in my body weight, which is heavy for me, um, then I do focus a lot on my legs. I know I'm going to be able to gain a lot of weight there. But you want to talk about not being able to walk properly? My <laughs> legs get really fucking big. Start getting chafed. Well, no, I can't. Oh, yeah. I can't. Friction. I can't do like <sighs> a. I can't have like a straight gait. Like 
my legs have to like circumvent each other. I have to like move around <laughs> each other as I walk. So I developed this kind of like interesting waddle like walk, like yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I, I, You're walking I, in diagonals. You like you ride horses all. Yeah. Day. So I think you know just getting super muscular probably would make you move not kind of funny anyway as well <laughs> yeah. as you know issues with the but you'd have to get pretty fucking big. Yeah. yeah, you know, to be able to do yeah. that. Real big. Most of the guys that walk around with that are not that big. No, <laughs> they yeah. just they've just fucked their posture, dude. Because so yeah, you've seen sprinters, dude. They got some massive legs. Yeah, you know, it's just all a matter of uh, what you're doing with them, and like, yeah, the the sequence of how you're firing and how athletic you are. Yeah, the other thing too is uh, the pre-exhaust superset. We've talked about that before. It just popped in my mind. A pre-exhaust superset is when you do an isolation movement for the muscle you're trying to target. Then you do a compound movement for that. So isolation movement typically means one joint mm-hmm. is being involved. So like if I was doing an isolation movement for, let's say, my quads, a leg extension would be an isolation movement. A compound movement for my quads would be a squat or a lunge. So if I were to focus on my quads, I'd go leg extensions first and then jump right to the squat. Well, they can also be used to focus on muscles that maybe are not the dominant, muscles that you need to have uh, be dominant, like the glutes. I would say somebody could do, let's say, floor bridges, um, get the glutes to fire real hard, get them fatigued, and then go straight to the barbell squat with light weight mm-hmm. and focus on their glutes working. And I think that would – I've used that for some some success where people will feel that particular muscle firing now because it's already pre-exhausted from the previous exercise. So, Absolutely. yeah, pre-exhaust would be, you know, like I said, single single joint movement, straight to compound movement for that right. particular uh, you know, muscle group. So do you guys notice any other synergistic dominance? Do you ever see like tricep dominance and bench press and stuff like that? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you've seen that. You, and that's really obvious. And when you see these guys with these abnormally huge triceps yeah. and they tend to, they tend to dip, uh, well, they don't go down as as deep again. Well, right? sometimes it's that, and then they also they're like the opposite, oh, real narrow. Grip. Yes, they're yeah. opposite of like a, a, the bodybuilder, right? The gotcha. bodybuilder chest press, yeah, really flared wide, elbows wide, yeah. and then you have the other guy who's got his elbows tucked in mm-hmm. and hand gri- his hand grip is really close, and then he's right. got these massive triceps. Because which this is also you know you you bring that up, this is what inspired uh, me to start using that as a a, a primary exercise for me for building my triceps. Mm-hmm. So I my go-to tricep exercise for building size on my tricep is a close narrow grip, a narrow grip bench, bench press yeah. and i use i use the incline because it's uh it's it's a lot more comfortable on my shoulders but I, nothing's put more mass on my shoulders than doing a doing a bench press close grip mm-hmm. uh for my triceps i think it's it's like the king of all movements for me as yeah. far as growth well those compound movements are just uh, i mean even even the muscles that are not the prime movers get better work i mean yeah i started doing I had in, uh, kind of injured my arm a little bit, especially when I pronated. I, to row with a pronated grip was bothering my arm quite a bit. So Your I had to do your muscles. Yeah. So I, I had to do supinated grip for a lot of uh, rowing and pull ups and stuff. Mm. And uh, the side effect of that was my biceps got bigger. Yeah. Because yeah. I was involving them a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this full range of motion, you know, pulling up versus like a, a curl. Yeah, you're going to get a lot more benefit from that. Absolutely, it's, and that's what I noticed on my on my arms. Speaking of which, you know what I did today that I haven't done in a, a long time? Mm. Do you guys still use occlusion at all? Yeah, you incorporate that still oh, yeah. on a weekly basis? Uh, I wouldn't say I don't. I'm not that formal about it right now. I was when I was competing. When I was competing, I was very formal about it, and I paid attention to all that stuff and tracked. But right now, it's kind of I kind of go off of how I feel. If it's one of those days where I kind of I don't want to I don't want to smash. 
you know, my calves really hard because I just hit, I hit like squats really heavy, like two days before that. And I can actually feel my calves a little bit already. Uh, my, that I'll include them then. So I don't include my arms. So I know you include your arms. My arms, that's my, that's my go-to. That's too big already. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> it's too easy for yeah, me. It's, it's my, I don't include my arms. I'm not trying to get them. They're I already, include my face to make it more handsome. They're already dominant compared to my shoulders. You know, you so. notice Sal's uh, skin compression when he takes those pictures right there? <laughs> right after he occluded them. Of course. <laughs> so, so, no, you check this out. So today, I haven't done occlusion for like three weeks or so. So today, I did a little experiment. I did my regular workout, and I had a nice pump going on. So I measured my arm. And my arm today, after after that part of the pump, was almost 18 inches with the pump, okay? Then I did an occlusion. I did three sets of occlusion. So they're already pumped. I wanted to see if I could make them even bigger or more <laughs> pumped with occlusion. So I did. I did a triple, you know, I did three sets of occlusion, superset with triceps, right? Back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. Went and quickly measured them. Quarter inch. It was wow. a quarter inch wow. of a pump. With all that fluid, man. I didn't realize it was that much. Dude. That's a lot. That's a fucking lot, yeah. and that I was actually going to start trying this because people are talking shit on the forum about that one. That one picture I was like in the background, you guys are in the foreground. <laughs> what, which one? Which one? Which <laughs> one? They're talking shit about my arm size. I was just like, whatever, man. You got massive arms. Your arms are bigger than mine, dude. No, yeah. it was just funny though, because like I, I, dude, I'm not like you know, oh, I'm like trying to defend myself. I'm just like, I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna show you what like you know, fluid in the arms looks like. Yeah. Okay, that will help. Help. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, shit about me. Well, I mean that extra squee, that extra pump. That's the that's the part of occlusion that makes them that signals the muscles to grow, mm-hmm. and it's not that much damage, you know. So for the listeners right now who are not familiar with occlusion, occlusion is when you uh, partially uh, block or occlude what's called venous outflow. So blood goes into the muscle, but less of it's able to come out. So you get a more intense pump. And the way you do this is you use uh, knee wraps to tie off uh, particular muscles, but um, I use that word very carefully because you don't necessarily you don't tie it off. There is a proper way to do it. I yes, implore terrific. you. We if, have a guide on mindpumpmedia.com yes. that we have. So. I implore you. If you're going to use occlusion, do it right. If you do it wrong, uh, it could be very dangerous. We have a guide. It's very inexpensive at mindpumpmedia.com, and we teach you you know how to do it properly. So, And also, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, check me out at mindpumpsal.com. On Instagram, you could check out Adam at Mind Pump Adam, mm-hmm. and you could check out the sexy glutes of Justin Andrews <laughs> at Mind Pump Justin, and yeah. you could check out the Mind Pump Show at Mind Pump Radio. You can also check you. out Maps Aesthetic, which is on sale right now, which I believe this is going to be the last day, dude. M-G. Final day, April 26th uh, for the sale. The price goes up and it'll never go back down again. We keep Ever. our word when we do that, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, so it's on sale, on discount right now. You could start for as little as $44. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.